0: Hello and welcome back to the Grace Fueled Wife Podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas. And this week we're talking about a really touchy subject. And this is when you think your husband might be suffering from depression, or you know, maybe he's in a funk and there's just something going on with him that's throwing you off lately. You're not really sure. You're trying to figure it out. And you think there might be something going on that's a little bit deeper than what you've normally seen. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the signs of what that might be and how you can cope with it. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the Grace Fueled Wife podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reunite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the grace Field wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the Gracefield wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. Now, if this is your husband and you see any of these symptoms, if you see things like this, it is possible that he is going through a state of depression right now. These are what we would call some of the symptoms for a major depressive episode. So I'm going to go over what some of that is for you, Sometimes we think we know like oh he's depressed so he's sad all day. There's so much more than just him being sad. What does that look like? So by us talking about it and going through some of the actual symptoms it might help you to recognize it and then help you to help him better. So What we're going to look at is some of the symptoms. So, there is going to be five or more of these symptoms. So, if any of these start to sound familiar, if you are noticing five or more, then I would say it's definitely time for professional help. Maybe get him over to a therapist or encourage him to talk to somebody. But suffering through a major depressive episode is not necessarily something that we have to do alone. It also doesn't necessarily mean that. We have to go on meds and there's something wrong with us. None of that. It just means that there is something going on right now that really may be throwing him off, messing him up. And again, this may be for him. It also may be for you. So this is going to be five or more of the following symptoms. They've been present during the same like two week period and they represent a change from what was before. So a month ago, this wasn't the case. All of a sudden, now I'm starting to see these things. One of these symptoms has to be a depressed mood or a loss of interest and pleasure. So if, when we talk about depressed mood, that's the sadness that we think of, right? And this is nearly every day for most of the day. Either it's a feeling of sadness, emptiness, hopelessness, either because they said it or it's something else that another person is able to note. In children and adolescents, this might even be something really irritable. So the irritability is something that might be for children and adolescents, but that might be another indication. Another one is going to be there's no interest or pleasure in anything anymore. So maybe you loved gardening and all of a sudden like you just have no desire to garden or to do the things that used to make you happy that one time brought you joy all of a sudden there's just no desire you don't want to do any of those things that brought you joy before another one is a significant change in weight so this is either weight loss if you're not necessarily dieting or weight gain and again not because you're trying, maybe there's a severe increase or decrease in appetite, which results in a change in weight. Number four is going to be having trouble sleeping. So, insomnia, or maybe not being able to sleep, or maybe sleeping too much. And this is almost every day. So, this is not the occasional, like, oh, I'm having a hard time getting to bed. This is almost every day having trouble with sleeping. Another one is going to be a slowness. So every day you notice just really slow feeling, just not as quick, not as fast as you used to be, or being really restless. Something that's either super agitated, right? So that's going to be like, oh, the moving around and all of this, or the real slowness. It's something that other people can see. It's not just them saying, oh, I feel kind of sluggish today. It's something where you take a look and you're like, Oh, wow. No, you really are walking slow, acting slow, all the movements are slow. Another one is going to be a loss of energy or fatigue. Now, what's this mean? This means you slept well and you're still tired. So, yeah, right now I'm on three hours of sleep. I'm kind of tired, people. (laughs) That doesn't count. It's because I'm only on three hours of sleep. But what we're looking for is there has been adequate sleep. But there's still very little energy or just a feeling of tiredness. That's going to be something we want to look out for. And number seven is a feeling of worthlessness or inappropriate guilt over something. Maybe you're feeling so guilty over something that the level of guilt you're feeling is disproportionate maybe to the thing that's going on. And this is happening almost every day. So this is not the occasional feeling of like, oh, I'm so worthless. This is like almost every day a chronic feeling. Another one is going to be a really hard time thinking, concentrating, or being really indecisive. Now again, you or your husband may be ADHD and so maybe this is your everyday life. The difference here is going to be something that is more pronounced. So maybe you're having an even more difficult time making decisions or Perhaps he doesn't normally, or you don't normally have trouble with decisiveness or making decisions. But right now it's really becoming a thing and it's almost every day. And it's either subjective, like you notice it or something that is observed by others. So maybe he's saying it about you or you're able to see about him, like, what is wrong with you? You're normally so much better at making decisions than this. And I just, I caught myself because we wouldn't say what is wrong. We don't, don't say that. That's not a nice thing to say to him is this idea of having trouble making decisions. Okay, number nine, this is going to be the last one. And these are recurring thoughts of death and not just a fear of dying, but maybe it's suicidal ideation. And that may be with a specific plan or not. Now, I know that's pretty extreme, but think about it. It only has to be five or more of these symptoms. And I gave you nine. Here are the other two things that are going to be really important. And this is... It's causing significant distress in areas. It's causing a problem with his functioning because there's times where, yeah, we're moody, we're tired, we're cranky. We've got all these things going on, but it's not really causing a disruption to our everyday life. And if that's the case, obviously he's not gonna be diagnosed with depression or anything like that where you're gonna be getting meds. But I do like to list out those other symptoms because that is an indication that maybe something is gonna come up and maybe it's not disrupting life right now, but it might be something that would disrupt it in the future. And we're gonna go into in a little bit like how do we deal with that, right? And the other thing is that this episode that whatever it is that he's going through, you can't attribute it to like basically substances, medication, drugs, whatever. This is just, where is this coming from? Kind of out of nowhere. You might be able to attribute it to some sort of loss or something like that. Maybe an event that triggered this, but not a substance, like I said, drugs or medication or anything like that. Now, even with all of that, that maybe not even necessarily Be considered a major depressive episode. Again, I want to go into all this, but there might be something huge, a huge loss that he's grieving that has caused all this. So, we're not here to diagnose anybody. This episode is not here trying to provide you with therapy. It's really just to make you aware like, hey, FYI, these are some of the symptoms. And if we start to notice them, what do we do about it? All right. So, now what do we do about it? Because that might be a hard thing to figure. It's a tough thing to deal with, especially when we see our husbands walking through that sort of thing. So some of the things that you can do are, number one, understand that whatever this is that he's going through, typically, it's being triggered by something. So maybe it's stress at work, maybe it's a loss. So I would say, How can we start to identify or look to identify the cause? If there is, from what we can see, nothing that has caused it, again, definitely an indication that he might need some professional help. And then how you approach that with him, like that becomes ugly. The way I want you to deal with this is to approach it with curiosity. When we approach it with curiosity, we're able to meet him where he is. We're able to meet him with empathy and compassion versus feeling annoyed, kind of making it about us and being like, well, why are you treating me this way? Why are you behaving this way? Those might be things that we might be feeling because those might be a result because he is feeling depressed or going through whatever these things are right now. The result is going to be his behavior towards us, his treatment towards us. It's going to be less than ideal, as if it wasn't already less than ideal. And sometimes it's the cause of all these things that are going on in between us. And So approaching it with curiosity allows us to take ourselves out of the equation, see him the way God sees him, helps us to treat him with grace. And that's going to be number two. Number two is to give him some grace. In this season, if he is going through a tough season, a season of depression, a season of maybe he has some sort of loss going on, maybe there is a change in job status or a death in the family or any other type of loss, that he's in the middle of grieving for us. We might not even see certain things as a loss. And there are other things outside of death that can be considered losses and when we go through the grieving process, oftentimes we don't even realize that we are grieving that thing. And we don't even realize that it is putting us in this state. So when we approach it with curiosity, that allows us to do the next thing, which is to give him some grace in this space. Now, that doesn't mean like unconditional, carte blanche, let him walk all over you and be really abusive and disrespectful. But it does mean just Okay, you know, maybe giving him a little bit more leeway or leniency than we might otherwise have done. So I understand when I talk about boundaries, because I talk about this a lot, boundaries are fences, but fences have a door, right? So sometimes we allow the boundaries, we don't necessarily move them, but there are going to be times where maybe we open the door and we allow things to go a little bit further. past the boundary than we normally would. But think about that door as having a stopper. Like, we're going to give you a little bit of an in. That's a little bit of grace we're going to give you there. But there is a limit to that. But that's just something that we can do. Now, the next thing is to figure out, is there anything that might work to cheer him up versus letting him sulk, right? Versus letting him Lay in bed, sit around the house, get up without changing, showering. I mean, these are things that people who are in a state of depression will often do. I know myself when I have gone through bouts of depression, those were characteristic things that I would do. I wouldn't want to get out of bed. I would just lay there. I would go to sleep. I had no desire. I, would, I wouldn't want to do anything. And my friends would have to come in and get me out of bed and force me up. And it wouldn't necessarily be that I all of a sudden was happy and in, brunching with the girls and enjoying my day. But it did force me out into the sunshine and it did help a little bit. There's other people in my family who suffer from chronic depression and When I find that, I will send them flowers and same thing. I might go to their house or call them. And there was one family member in particular, and I would call by noon every day to make sure that this person was awake. And I would say, you need to get up. It's noon. I'm not letting you sleep. And if not, I will go over there. And it was just a little bit of tough love, but really it was more of wanting this person to push themselves a little bit out of their comfort zone, because when you're in depression, your comfort zone is to sit there and sulk and not move. And now, again, this is a little bit different than severe clinical depression. So I am not in any way, shape or form suggesting that someone who suffers from clinical medical severe depression that they have been diagnosed with, maybe that they take meds for. I'm not suggesting that these things would just simply work. Please understand my heart there. But what I am saying is that is the exception rather than the rule. Sometimes in life as humans, right? We go through moments, we go through these time periods, and this is really what I am trying to help you with here. So that's going on. Sometimes doing that is just enough to help. And I've done all kinds of things in the past for various family members. What is it that cheers them up? Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes sex cheers them up. Sometimes if they're really feeling depressed, they're not going to have any interest in that. So it's just understanding, approaching it with curiosity, giving him some grace, trying to figure out what sorts of things can I do to cheer them up. And then lastly, suggesting that. He can professional help and doing this in a gentle way, because if we just sit there and we're like, I think you need to go see a therapist, that might not go over very well. But if we say it in a way that is loving, in a way that is respectful, in a way that talks to them about the things that shows them that we care, something along the lines of, I'm worried about you. I love you and I care about you. And clearly you are not yourself lately and and I'm really worried and I think it might be helpful to you to go see someone professionally and even maybe offering to find the person or whatever that might be. But again, it's the way we approach it, how we say it. Every time I sit here and I offer suggestions, there's always the caveat of, well, how we say it makes a difference. This is the same kind of thing, how we say it makes a difference. But I really think that in the case of depression, I believe in therapy. I believe in counseling and wholeheartedly, my goodness, I believe it can do so much good for us, especially with things like depression. If this really resonates, let me know if it was beneficial. If this is something that you have found yourself struggling with or think your husband might be struggling with, let's talk about it. Just reach out to me directly on DM and talk to me there or Join our Facebook group and ask a question. You can always ask an anonymous question. Or if you are interested to hear pointers about how to approach things, how to bring up the topic, how to communicate in a way that is loving and respectful and still showing that we care, I'm interested to know more. Well, then there you go. That means the Grace Field Marriage Method is for you. Jump into the Grace Field Marriage Method because we do get all of those communication skills there. And after you receive the skills, after you get the tools, then I give you the opportunity to implement those tools. We go over them. We talk about them. We practice them. We role play and we talk one-on-one about what those skills are. I love you guys. I pray that this was helpful to you and maybe share it. Share this episode if you think it resonates with someone else. Love you guys. And until next week. Hey, love, thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.